This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. After Wednesday's Albanian takeover, attention turned to Sunday as Chelsea hosted Aston Villa in the Rainbow Laces game. The message is simple, lace up and keep it up. Here at Went to Mo Kings Meadow, we are proud to support our friends in the LGBTQ plus community for our affiliations with Chelsea Pride. We will continue to lace up and speak out to kick homophobia and discrimination out of football. Now, if Wednesday was a rave, Sunday was a kid's tea party in comparison. Lauren James got off the mark with two stunning goals and Sam Kerr scored her fifth goal of the week to score Chelsea. Still without Emma Hayes on the touchline, although she was in the stands, all three points. Um, the title of tonight's show is Went to Mokey's Mother, episode 89, Keeping Up with the Jameses, which is a reference to Keeping Up with the Joneses for the kids at home. Um, now, remember, you can listen live every Tuesday at 8pm or 8.05 by heading to mixler.com that's mixlr.com and such and went to Mo King's Meadow we can join in the show by posting on the live chat page and we'll get your messages into the show uh, now on the show this week in part one we're going to talk about that 8-0 win over Valencia in the Champions League still not sure that's right did they say it at the game? It's like I'm going to remember that by now <laughs> I'm not exactly going to remember how they said it anyway yeah that Champions League game that we won lots of by lots of goals that game yeah. yeah, that one, that team. Uh, and in part two, we're going to look at Sunday's 3-1 win over Aston Villa in the WSL. And in part three, we're going to look ahead to the match against Manchester United this coming Sunday. Now, joining me on the show tonight, um, you've heard one of them. The other two are Jane and Dane, my lovely co-hosts. Uh, Jane, good to see you um, again. Although I didn't yeah, see you Sunday. No, I didn't see you Sunday, but it's good to be back, yeah. It is. And also, Dane has graced us with his presence for a small cost. Um, Dan, good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good evening. Good evening, everyone. And you've already heard um, our listeners' favourite guest, and we couldn't do a Rainbow Laces weekend without asking her to come on the show, and that is Tracy Brown, the co-chair of Chelsea Pride. Tracy, good to see you again. Very good to see you all of the way. I do feel like I see Jane consistently, so, I mean, you know, fair enough. 
feels a bit weird that we're not seeing each other like twice this week. I know, that sounds ridiculous. Anyway, I guess I this, is the, here, this will be the longest we've gone without seeing each other. Exactly. Although I'm not going Monday, so. Well, I don't know how you're going to cope. We won't say why Tracy's not going on Sunday because it's blasphemy to talk about that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that game against the Albanian team, then I'm not going to say it again. Um, Jane, in terms of the atmosphere, one of the best you've witnessed at Kings Meadow? Definitely by far the best. And even walking, I was like half an hour late to the game because I couldn't find a car parking space. But even walking to the ground, you could hear the atmosphere from outside. Um, and I actually heard the first goal going from outside. So I take credit for the goal because I wasn't there. Um, but the noise was just, it was brilliant. And so when I walked in, I was shocked to see so many people. Yeah, I got sent a video on Twitter of some fans coming in from that the other team. And I thought, well, they might be noisy, just a few of them. Uh, but Tracy, it turned out there was quite a few more. They estimated over 400 made the trip. Oh yeah, there, there was a lot of them, and they they were. I mean, they were all around the ground. Obviously, there was a good pocket of them behind the goal, um, but yeah, they were sort of everywhere, and they they weren't quiet. I mean, regardless of the scoreline, they just kept going. To be fair, uh, for keeping the, the atmosphere and the support going for their team. Yeah, it was great to well watch from afar on TV. They, I know they come under some criticism for the flares um, got thrown on the pitch. I mean, in the UK we don't have them, but going abroad into Europe, they are quite common, aren't they? So maybe that's just a cultural thing that's different between the two sets of supporters. Yeah, I don't know if, if there's going to be any uh, comeback for, for Chelsea and, you know, the security and the stewards, you know, you're supposed to check, but it's, it's different over here, isn't it? You know, it, it's not accepted, it's not wanted. It can be sort of dangerous, but yeah, no, you're right. On on, on another, on a, if you take that 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 serious and strict hat off, when you are watching games from abroad or anywhere really, and, and the flares come on and the passion and all that, there is there's something really special about it. And they brought, they did bring a really special atmosphere. And you know, unfortunately, <laughs> some of them bought flares as well, uh, not the uh, '70s clothing kind. But yeah, it's, but you've got to admire their enthusiasm. I don't know, obviously, if they've actually travelled over or they're already, they're already living over here and it's just a chance to see their team and support them on or if it's just like fellow fellow country women, country men, as, as Zeld's saying, isn't it? You know, you do find that people do, do, do come together to, to, to support a team, even if it might not be their local team. Yeah, well, you saw uh, Brojo was there, wasn't he, from the men's team, who's Albanian. And that's yeah. his, I think that's his local team where he's from. Um, he was there... People said to support the women's team. I, I think you might have been supporting the other side, but um, he was there for the game. Uh, and of course, it's hard to police flares because there's a few places you can hide them uh, that don't get searched on the way in. Um, <laughs> Where's that? I, mean, I do know security took a lot off them, so they actually still managed to get them through, and the club will be fined. Um, we'll get a bigger fine than they will um, for not actually uh, making sure that the security wasn't tight enough. So actually, as a club, we'll get the biggest fine. Yeah. Well, Makes no sense, but that's UEFA, I suppose. Um, Tracy, I said earlier, 400 away fans for a midweek Champions League game. Some WSL clubs struggled to make 40. What more needs to be done to get that atmosphere every week with away fans and people making that atmosphere? Um, I think if you're, if you're talking Champions League, I think, you know, when you've got games on TV, it does put people off. And I think it's the same, actually, in the league. So, actually, when games are televised more people won't travel down to a game or travel somewhere for a game because on TV. 
Um, and I think that actually that showed up in the game against Villa at the weekend. Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. Yes, it was on the FA player, but it wasn't actually on TV. And I think that actually draws a bit of a crowd in. So actually, I think as much as we want TV rights, they're great. Actually, I do think it's almost stops away fans from travelling if games are on TV. So it's like a, a double-edged sword, really. We want we want the fixtures to be shown because actually you'd hope that it would build um, fan bases. But it, we've got to be very careful on how we do that. Yeah, well, the FA player actually didn't show the third goal. They were showing a replay of the header that she missed. And then yeah, I didn't next, see that in the highlights. The next image was her on the floor celebrating. <laughs> I did see it on the highlights and I was like, okay, that's really poor. So, yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. bad. I mean, if they're going to put it on the FA play, they do need to show the game uh, in, in, its, in, in its fullness. Um, but um, even the club had said themselves it was a good turnout for, for both games. Um, I suppose... Even in games where it was going to be a problem, you know, lots of people with work, lots of people with families, and obviously that's what the women's game is about, uh, being able to take your family with ease to, to football games. Um, so you don't tend to get big, big crowds like that in on a, on a week, week night. So, you know, we just have to just keep begging people to actually, you know, come to games, support your team. Doesn't matter what your team is, you know, just get behind your team. Let's, let's get the women's game going in the right direction. Yeah, and Jane, we're going to feel the effects of that this Sunday when we travel to Manchester United. The game moved for the television, 6.45. No transport from the club either. It just makes it it's hard for people to get to anyway. So that's going to affect the numbers that we take up to there, isn't it? Yes, especially for us travelling fans. I know quite a lot. Obviously, they've got young kids. We're going to get back at a ridiculous time sort of early hours Monday morning it's going to stop people from wanting to go and with no transport either so having to make your own way up there which doesn't help as a train strike at the weekend it's going to be tough and I think the crowds at United won't be as big as what it would have been if it was sort of a normal time kickoff. Yeah and the men's team are playing on the same day but we won't talk about that too much. Um, Dane talking about the actual football then um, when we previewed this last week obviously he wasn't there but we talked about Chelsea getting the early goal and they did that and it seemed to settle them and they actually started the game really well, didn't they? Positive on the front foot. And although the crowd was behind the other team, we sort of put them to bed quite quickly, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right on the front foot, which is the way to, we always knew it was going to be deep, you know, 10 players behind the ball, including the goalie. And uh, yeah, we had, to, we had to start fast. And I think we did, you know, you could see the pressure, you know, he's all on front foot, all, all moving into spaces, lots of movement. And an early goal was needed and it, it comes relatively early. And that, that's what's needed when you know, otherwise, you know, it can get on top of you. We've seen uh, better teams, obviously, with, with obviously the same sort of tactics. Obviously, we'll be talking about Villa later, but if we go back to the Villa game from last season where they defended really well to, and it sort of got a little bit on top of us until Sam got that, that sort of injury time winner or late winner. So, you know, it, it can play on their minds, but, you know, luckily we'll be coming in with a really good attitude and we, we, we did get a relatively early goal. Yeah, Jane, we spoke about Sam Kerr, didn't we, a lot? Do we put her in the team and try and get the confidence by scoring the goals? Do we let Beth carry on after she scored? Um, against Brighton but it was Sam and she got four goals and it seems to have helped her hasn't it yeah me and Kerry both said at the game we was like we literally spoke about sort of this yesterday and I think now she's got that sort of start and she's sort of got herself on the score sheet it's going to help her quite a lot now it's sort of this is the Sam Kerr we sort of all know and love 
Uh, sorry, as, as Jane said, though, this is the Sam Kerr we all know and love, but this is what Sam Kerr does. She doesn't start the season fast. She sort of like comes in quite slowly. I mean, there's questions about her, and then she just starts scoring, and then that's it. You know, we, we, we saw it with, with the start of her career. I think she got one early goal away at Arsenal at Chelsea, but still, you know, wasn't setting, setting the world alight. But she's so dangerous, you know, her movement... She's so fast. She's got spring, you know. She leaps like a salmon. It's, it's. She's got everything that you would want a striker to have. So, we we spoke recently about do do you rest them or do you just wait for them to 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 play themselves back into form? And I really believe with with with, with Sam and, and just her qualities, which are undoubtedly world class, you have to initially let them play themselves into form obviously I'm, i can't believe with her it ever get to the stage where it's like 10 to how many 10 plus games without scoring a goal but she 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 she's she's so brilliant that you, you have to let her play herself back into form because it won't be long it'll be like a four or five games at most and, and and you know you'll you'll reap the benefits when when she does get back on form yeah absolutely five goals in a week as well not bad for a striker i'm sure most strikers in the world will take that return um Talking of the jumping like a salmon, it was Svitkova who did that from uh, Abdulina Cross and scored her first goal, Tracy. She seems to be the happiest person at Kings Meadow <laughs> all the time. It was great to see her score, wasn't it? It was great to see her her score, actually, you know, and the whole winning the crowd over. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you want to see you want to see players come in, settle well, work well. We've got a big, big squad, so it's going to be rotation. People aren't going to be in the squad week in, week out, only a couple of players for sure are dead certs in the team week in, week out. So, you know, it's fantastic seeing, you know, Penel or seeing Sam score, but it's also nice to see the rest of the squad, you know, put balls in the back of the net. So it was fantastic to see. Yeah, I suppose if I left West Ham and joined Chelsea, I would have a smile on my face all the time. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Tracy mentioned Penel Harder there, Jane, a hat-trick for her. It's been quite the season, although she missed the first few games of injury. She's come back firing, hasn't she? It's, I feel like it's sort of like she'd never been away. It's sort of Everyone's forgotten about the injury she had. And she's sort of back scoring goals just like she did before. And I'm sort of, I'm glad that she got a hat-trick on, um, and he said Sunday, on Wednesday. Just sort of shows what she is like capable of when she's on the pitch. To be fair, I just want to say, if you've got, both of them scoring big amounts of goals together. Any team is going to be scared of us. If you have both Peniel and Sam firing on all cylinders together, we will be hard to beat. Yeah, because you can't double mark both of them because it leaves other players open like Guru Wrighton. Or uh, in this game, Alfie Abdelina, uh, Dane, sorry, who um, made her first appearance for Chelsea this season, got an assist. Do you think we'll see more of her before January? I don't think so. I don't think so. It would be nice, you know. There was rumours that, that a loan was was sort of lined up or was, you know, investigated before the season started, and it sort of fell through. I don't know how true that is because you know we openly know there's not not a lot of uh, leaks in the in the Chelsea ship that we hear about. Uh, you know, she, she she looks like a good player. It's enthusiastic, obviously. Personally, going going for a lot off the field. Uh, with her country that we we spoke about before, and I know she's supported well by by her team members, you know, the coaching staff and the fans. So so that is good. But on the footballing side, it, it's hard to see. You know, we, we we're looking at uh, Anik Nguyen, who's who's not getting a great looking at the moment. 
Jess Carter as well. So, you know, like, like it was stated a little while ago, it was a massive squad and you've got to keep a lot of people happy. Luckily, five subs, you know, you can do that. But unless unless there's an injury, which you don't hope for, but you can take advantage of it, uh, I don't think so. Depends on the fixture list, you know, if there's a couple of lesser games and you want to rest players, but... You know, how many times are you going to play in, in a sort of like a weekend Albanian team? You know, not a lot. So you 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 can use it to your advantage. But we hadn't even seen her a lot on the bench, had we, uh, in, in, in recent weeks? And obviously she was on Sunday after a little cameo in midweek. But no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a tough one. But, Jane, we have been able to rotate the squad a bit. I mean, they mentioned Nguyen and Carter both played against Brighton, a game we won. We are rotating the squad a bit. We are still winning games, and it's great to be able to do that without Emma Hayes on the touchline as well, isn't it? Yeah, it sort of shows that we sort of, not that we don't need Emma Hayes. Obviously, she has got her input in the games, regardless of what Paul and Denise have been saying. Um, But it is nice that we can sort of show other teams that we are still capable of doing well, even without our manager on the pitch. And regardless of what the situation is, we can sort of rotate and still have a strong enough squad. Yeah, she's taking working from home to the extreme uh, as a WSL manager. I, I, I don't think anyone is in any doubt that Emma is still not picking the squad and in their ears consistently um, while the games are on. I can't imagine her sitting back on her sofa with a cup of tea, more mostly a large glass of wine, um, watching us quite happily. Um, just don't see it, to be fair. Yeah, I wonder how many times they do take the earphone out. Just... <laughs> Oh, oh, oh dear, I've stood yeah. on it, I dropped it, yeah. oh dear, never mind. Well, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that excuse would wash. Um, <laughs> Tracy, we've got the rest of the three games in the group in the Champions League coming up still. The next two against Real Madrid, home and away. Do you think four points is enough from those two to secure a qualification? Yes. Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, I think... Um, I put us down for two wins there anyway, to be fair. Um I think, you know, we're starting to really fuse together now, as I say, with our our front two firing, um, then they'll obviously definitely will be up front together. You know, they, you know they're going to be up there for, for the Champions League games. There's no way them two aren't, I don't think, aren't starting. Um, I just think we're going to have too much for, for anyone to take. Um, I think we should be solid for getting out of the group stage this, this time around. Yeah, we want to make sure we've done it before PSG on the last game, because we know what's going to happen. Uh, if you're waiting on a result there. Um, we're going to take a short ad break here before we get into the Aston Villa game. Before we do that, though, a reminder that our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC women's team is available in full on our Patreon page. Subscription costs you £5 per month, and in return you get access to interviews with Tony Farmer, the man who created the team, George Michaelas, who managed the team from 2002 to 2005, and Matt Beard, who was Chelsea's manager before Emma Hayes. If you head to www.patreon.com forward slash went smoking mellow and you can sign up there. We will be right back. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. 
They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Wentzmo Kings Meadow. Uh, let's move on from the Champions League then and turn our attention to WSL, um, the victory over Aston Villa this past Sunday. Uh, Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4 2 3 1 formation with Anne Katchenberger in goal. Eve Perisay, Millie Bright, Kadisha Buchanan and Magda Eriksson in defence. Sophie Ingle partnered Aaron Cuppet in midfield with Guru Wrighton, Camilla Harder and Lauren James supporting Sam Kerr in attack. Chelsea used all five available substitutions with Johanna Ritten-Camrid and Jesse Fleming coming on for Lauren James and Camilla Harder in the 66th minute. Neve Charles and Beth England entered the pitch in the 77th minute for Guru Wrighton and Sam Kerr and in the 87th minute Jess Carter replaced Eve Perisay. Uh, this left Sachira Mazovic and Nick Nowen, Katrina Svitkova and Alsu Abdelina as unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 64% possession, 21 shots, 7 on target, 3 corners and 9 fouls. Two Aston Villas, 36% possession, 8 shots, 3 on target, 2 corners and 9 fouls. Um, Chelsea always makes sub in the 66th minute. It really, I have to focus when I'm cutting up to that bit. Um, it's really annoying. If they could just wait till 67, it would be much appreciated. Um, Dane, team selection, no real shocks. I suppose the only one, Kirby, not involved at all. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Obviously, because she was involved in mid- midweek, wasn't she? And and briefly, and then, yeah, to not see her, but apparently, yeah, she's still suffering uh, from, from the original injury or whatever has kept her out. So, you know, sometimes it's best for the long run, you know, with a long season ahead, you know, it's still early in the Champions League and, and in the season. Uh, and all the cups, so you know we need to get her right. And whilst uh, Kerr, Harder, and now James are are really performing, then we can allow her to rest to to get back to her best. But yeah, not really. You know, again, it's nice to see you know the players like Buchanan who sort of be, being questioned. You know, get another ninety minutes uh, under her belt uh, in 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 the Super League, and 
you know, I'm seeing signs from her. Very, it's like a mixture of like, you know, she comes out in the defence so well, so comfortable. You know, she, she, she's very Thiago Silver-esque where, you know, she can sort of read things. And defensively, you know, a little bit sharpening up on the edges, but her in possession is so comfortable. Very, very Le Bouff sort of going back in the men's teams, you know, comes out of defence, like spray the ball, you know, so comfortable, very... Very obviously playing in the French league, you know that that has obviously massively helped her. You know they like to 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 uh, train the centre backs well to be comfortable and born start attack. So very impressed with her coming out with the ball. But yeah, 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 not really. It was nice to see James back in because she didn't start, did she, in midweek? Uh, she didn't get much of a look in the midweek. So I see her Sir Trusted again, and yeah, and Parise again. You know, starting at right back. You know, she's another one who needs to adapt quickly because when you're at a club like Chelsea, you know, we can't really afford passengers. So I think I think her management has has been right, but now it's time to kick on with her. Yeah, Tracy, going back to, to Frank Kirby, do you think this is the new, the new normal for her? Sort of when she's feeling good, she can play, and if not, we've got the cover now in James and. Uh, Cameron to sort of cover for I think we've got a big enough team that we can do that um I think we all know that when Fran is at her best she she's absolutely unstoppable um and you don't want to risk putting her on the pitch when she isn't 100 percent there would be no point in doing that there's a lot of football to play this season um and obviously there's a lot of trophies that we would love to win uh, there's plenty of time for her to play um as I say so yeah I personally there's no point in rushing anyone back um, we have a big enough squad to be able to cope. Yeah, absolutely. And we've always got Fran's best interest at heart, was shown over the last how many years. Um, Jane, Dane did mention there about Perisette right back, but it's the other side, the left back, which has been having some discussions on social media, shall we say, with Magda Eriksson being put there this season. Obviously, we've lost uh, Jonna Anderson in the summer. What do you make of, of Magda there? Are we getting the best out of her? Or do you think that's a position we need to look to strengthen in the January transfer window? I think with Magda, she does play better in the middle with Millie. I wouldn't say she had an awful game, but I think where we are sort of so used to her playing in the centre with Millie, that is her best sort of position. Is it a worry... I don't think it's a worry as such to sort of, all oh, let's look for other players. I think maybe as the season goes on, she'll develop playing there. But I feel like at the, at this moment, we sort of need her in the middle with Millie. Yeah. She's adapting your game. Uh, I think over time, you know, she's a quality enough player to be able to do that. But whether we look for someone in January, look, we're never going to be able to take second guess what the club's going to do. <laughs> Um, ever I'm never even going to try um, but um, it just takes a bit of a doubt so we all know the quality that Magda has as a, as a football player and as our captain um, you know and she'll work very hard to obviously make sure she owns that spot if that's where she's put but yes we're obviously used to seeing her in the middle that's where her strengths are um, but a good player will learn how to adapt yeah Dan she does play left back for Sweden sometimes but as you mentioned about Cannon coming out with the ball that's obviously something Magda does as well with great aplomb, but she can't obviously do that at left back as such. Do you think it's going back to the three so they both could do it or sticking with this four that we seem to be on at the moment? Obviously, it depends on the personnel, doesn't it? You know, it's uh, we, we've seen that they, they do like to change sometimes three at the back to four at the back. I thought, yeah, a little bit average at the moment. She's our captain, so, you know you're always going to get the leadership skills, but then obviously sometimes I can only take you so far. You need the performances, a little bit flat-footed for the cross for, 
the ever impressive Rachel Daly's goal. Uh, but you know, it happens. You know, we, we, again, we can't talk about these 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 footballers like they're robots. You know, they've got to have one hundred percent concentration for the whole ninety odd minutes, and and sometimes you know, just playing a little bit, a little bit twerking positioning can can leave you a little bit. Uh, a little bit unawares and a little bit, you know, your bearings all over the place. So if we carry on with the four, then, you know, again, a player of her calibre is only going to, should fit in naturally back back to, to the way she knows. And as you say, she plays her internationally. So sometimes it's just, yeah, circumstances that can, that can affect her performance. But, you know, if we did look for somewhere, then that would be interesting because then you would have your captain uh, trying to find a have a place to play it'd be very interesting especially if you can stick with a back four but if she's injured then who's who's going in at left back mm, lots of um choices to be made obviously they went with the back three when uh Nguyen and carter came in as well instead of sticking with that four so it shows that the second choice at left back isn't perhaps there when magda wasn't playing um jay it was quite a bright start guru right and made a, a great effort in the first five minutes uh the Aston goalkeeper made a great save uh, what did you make of the start? Chelsea looked up for it? Yeah, I think Chelsea did look up for it. And with Guru's sort of attempt uh, very early on, um, I think we were just on sort of, it was a good save and we were just unlucky to get a goal. I think Guru's sort of start to this season has been brilliant as well. She's brilliant every season, without a doubt. But I feel like this season she really has started on a high. Yeah, she's getting better every year and... If that's possible. Life contract. Just give her a life contract. Simply. Just... She's not going to be as good at 45, though. <laughs> at the point she wants to finish football, she can just stay with us. It's that simple. <laughs> so a massive squad of every old player not retiring. Um, why not? Um, the goal did come after 21 minutes. Lauren James in off the right-hand side. Uh, one touch and the finish into the corner. Um, the goal being coming, Tracy, and it's going to do Lauren James the world of good because I think she needed to get that goal, didn't she? Oh, absolutely. It's that confidence thing. It's the same as we were just saying about Sam as well. Obviously, you know, getting for uh, the previous game in, in the Champions League. Confidence building. Um, it doesn't matter how it comes as long as they start coming. And uh, she had a phenomenal game. Um, you know, as you've adequately named the, the podcast for this evening, the family of the Chambers really know how to play football and are dynamic no matter where they are around the pitch. Uh, we all know how good a footwork is. Um, and it was a great goal, to to be fair. And uh, we we had been pushing, in, in all honesty. Uh, unfortunately, we just had that one bit of sloppiness at the back. Yeah, Dane on Mixler, um, Maui Dash Chelsea fan, 808, says LJ's been on fire lately. And she has had a great start to the season, hasn't she? And she missed that penalty against West Ham, where mm-hmm. she tried to get that opening goal. But obviously this one, and then the second's coming along straight away. This could be another kickstart for her to silence the critics that she had, obviously, when she didn't play as much last season, she was coming back into her fitness. Well, when, you, when you're a forward or attacker, you know, it's performances, it's assists and it's goals. You know, I don't think you can just uh, fool everyone with, with, with performances. You have to have assists on a goal. So we was talking about her early on in the season and we was like questioning when it was going to come, when it's going to come. And I was talking to my daughter just before the game and I said, she's going to have to start scoring or assisting. Otherwise, you know, question marks will be, there's only so many times you can take on a player and pass the ball. And, and that's all very good. But when you're at Chelsea with the standard, you know, you have to produce. And she's so talented, you know, she, her movement is, doesn't look fast, but she just gets away 
from players with so much ease and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find a footballer. Listen, there's so many talented footballers. We, we've got most of them, but I'm, a, a footballer similar to her in, in the women's game where she can almost trap a bag of cement. You know, she can go both left and go right, glide past people. That goal was, I can't be underplayed, you know, touch of your right, left in the bottom corner with, with, with ease, you know, like she was doing it in her sleep and, Wow, yeah, I, I, I sort of my, my lip dropped because you know we know she can produce that. We, 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 we want to see it. Emma will demand to see it a lot more, and you know it. it that was a world class finish, and we, we can get carried away, you know, with our blue tinted glasses on. But you know she's producing moments like of magic like that and regularly. And this is a, this is a, a footballer I, I said recently has not played a lot of football. In, in, in recent years, I'd love to know how many games she's actually played. Has she even reached 50? Uh, I know she made a lot of substitute appearances for us last season, but she's still not played a lot. You know, a proper good full-on season uh, where she started like a good 75, 80% of games and, and, and got all those miles under her belt. But, you know, the world is her oyster. The limits are, are amazingly high if, if it's up to her. If she, if, if she can reach that, because you know, perhaps she's, she's, she's got it all. Yeah, well, we said in the summer, didn't we, taking that number 10 shirt was a mm. big sign from Chelsea that she's going to be a big player for us this season and beyond, and hopefully we're just going to start seeing that more and more. It all depends as well where, where you see her playing. Yeah. I'd like her more centrally. You know, she, she's out on the right a little bit or on the left, but I suppose anywhere attacking with her ability and 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 and, and the space she she, she 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 provides herself and the pocket she gets into and but the manipulation of attacking areas is 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 unbelievable and and wow yeah it's, it is it is it's so exciting to to be part of this journey as 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 a fan and seeing that in the ground as well must have been so special because that was a you know a moment of magic and we do see lots of magic let's be honest we're very lucky to, to have to have this squad uh but yeah she she's well as i said the levels that she can potentially get to are are immense i just want to know what their dad was feeding them when they were growing up because <laughs> i'm seriously what what lauren and reese can do is just absolutely ridiculous players. So. Yeah, I, wish, I wish he was my life coach <laughs> um, i wish he was my stepdad <laughs> He used to know all the jings, he the jings. I think that's what makes it special. Shout out to their mum as well, because obviously she played her part um, in creating these fantastic footballers. Um, Jane, Aston Villa did start to come back into the game, though, towards the end of the first half. Uh, Rachel Daly had a header wide, um, and it was Rachel Daly that did score, getting across Millie Bright. A frustrating goal to concede, because Aston Villa, I don't think they deserved it, did they? Yeah, no, it was very annoying. And I said before the game, if anyone scores, we all know it's going to be Rachel up against Millie. It was just meant to be. I didn't quite see the goal went in. I just saw the ball sort of hit the back of the net and I was like, it was Rachel. And then they announced it was Rachel. I was like, great. Um, but yeah, I don't think they sort of deserve to have a goal. I don't think we sort of deserve to go in at half time 1-1. You know, Millie's still killing herself over that, right? Because she is going to... <laughs> I'm sure Rachel's really like stirring the pot. You know she is. I'm sure Millie is like livid of all the people who could have scored for us. I bet she really is. Sending her videos of it on WhatsApp. Was there a sense of frustration when the half-time whistle went? Tracy, that it was one all? Because I think Chelsea played well in that first half. Yeah, I mean, we played really well. To be quite honest, we should have been 
we should have been further in front. Let's be fair, I think we should have been. Um, you know, I'm going to moan about the ref again because, you know, refs are dreadful. Um, but that's a whole league problem, not just a problem for us. Um, yeah, I think, to be quite honest, we should have had a couple more goals. So, yeah, it was slightly frustrating. I can say that Emma left about five minutes before that halftime whistle went and went straight down to the dressing room. So I'm sure she gave the halftime conversation to the team because they come out and they were like, no, we're not having this. Seriously, goal straight away. So, um, yeah, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. But I'd always love to be a fly on the wall in that dressing room, to be honest. Yeah. Did you want to jump in there, Dan? Yeah, it's funny because Rachel Daly was just starting to berate her, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the team attacking sense wise because they wasn't finding her her ammunition was pretty low and then they just started to find her and she's such a talented talented player you know I've always liked her she's not a left back she is a, a forward you know I remember uh, in, in messages with uh, Robin Davis who's who lives in Houston she's a Houston Dash supporter as well as a Chelsea supporter she loved uh, Rachel Daly you know big fan she'd obviously spent a lot of time over in America and uh, we spoke about her and, and in fact, she's not a left back and I don't know how England see her that way. But yeah, she is a danger. I know she hasn't scored for a while, but she really looked up for it. And some players do like to raise their games a big occasion, you know, uh, against the big team. And she always looked to fret. Uh, unfortunately, they had a lot of injuries, didn't they, Villa? So, you know, but, but I think they struggled there, but it was a really good goal. Very good striker's goal. Yeah, I was, I've only just learned that she is a striker. I thought it was a joke like Millie Bright. Oh, that she's a defender, but she should be a striker. And I thought it was just a joke because they're friends, but actually, not one of them is a striker. Millie um, does what she wants, Millie does what she wants, plays where she wants. It's Millie, she wants yeah. to go up front, she'll go up front. It's just Millie. So, talking yeah. of the ref, because I only watched the first half back, so I didn't really take much attention to it. I mean, my friend took his daughter for the first time to the game, and he said he can't believe how much the fans hate the ref. Um, you must have been singing about the ref a lot. How, I mean, how it bad weren't was... just, it? Ju- it weren't even just the ref. The linesman oh, sort of yeah. side. Mm. That first half, his eyes was on Alicia Lehrman and that was it. Yeah, that was it. The shorts. That's all he cared about. The shorts. That's the shorts. all he was yeah. watching. Didn't, didn't notice. It's awful. Yeah. No, I've not, not heard of that before. He was <laughs> awful. He, he See, I think uh, Lauren, Lauren once early on skipped past someone and someone dragged her back. I think the left back yeah. uh, dragged her back. It should have been a straight yellow card and, and there's nothing. And then he sort of put himself under pressure and then he decided late on to, uh, in the second half, maybe on a 60 minute mark to stop giving yellow cards. But yeah, he wasn't great. Uh, uh, and, and and you could see that quite early on, really. And he wasn't there, was one, there was one point someone sort of hit Guru and they both went down and he went to check that the Villa player was fine. And Guru was like laying there sort of hurt. But this is why they had a bust up in the West Ham game. It wasn't West Ham. I think it's Villa that's the problem. <laughs> and then the, the ref didn't help. None of our players threw punches though. Right. No. Although no. Guru's, Guru's face looked like she was ready <laughs> to actually go back in and actually, you know, give it some. So to, to be honest, she didn't look happy. Uh, and I like when Guru gets mad. It's always more entertaining. Seeing that face is probably worse than um, actually getting punched in the face, I think. <laughs> it is a scary one. Um, Dane, Tracy mentioned half-time, Emma Hazy in the dressing room, letting them have it, and they came out straight away, <laughs> got the goal. Um, Lauren James again. 
Um, and as you said, Buchanan played the ball into Pierre Harder in, in the centre circle. She ran through the team, played it through, and she launched into a great finish. Similar to Harder's goal against Brighton as well, where she just wallops it into the net. And it's something that we've been asking the team to do for a long time is just to kick the ball at the goal. Um, seems quite simple, but they don't like to do it as much. So yeah, you're super surprised, you know. You, you, the old cliche saying you can't win a lottery unless you buy a ticket. Uh, I thought the, the I thought the pass was slightly under hit by Pennell, just slightly, not obviously massively to the naked eye, but just caused Lauren just a, a mild check back. But yeah, it was a great finish. Obviously, her first goal must have given her so much confidence. Uh, but as a, her overall play. You can't again. A goals does give you confidence, but the way she she obviously glides past people and just and has that confidence to do it in such dangerous areas. I don't think she's much of a confidence player. I think she'll always have that that side to her game. She'll always try that. And I've always got time for players who try something attacking. If it doesn't come off, then then, then fine. But it, it, you got to you need players like that to take a risk. You know, to try and find that key to open the door. And in Lauren's case, uh, she would she would be doing that for, for every 90 minutes or every 67 minutes, whatever, how many times she, she plays or has the opportunities to play. But that, that was a great finish, yeah. And that was, I can only presume, high on confidence because she'd scored, slightly contradicting myself, but highly on, on confidence from her first finish. Then and, and yeah, it was again, it was you're not saving those, you know, right in top corner and 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 good for her. And I was sort of hoping, I thought there's plenty of time left to maybe get a hat trick, but obviously she didn't last much longer after that. Unfortunately, yeah, Jalen obviously great to score straight into the second half, as we said, frustrating to go in 1 1, but then to go 2 1 ahead, I think it helped settle us in the second half and helped us control the game, didn't it? Yeah, that second goal definitely did control the game. I still felt that we needed that third just to sort of silence Villa, but I feel like after that second one, they did seem to go a bit more quieter than the first half, but yeah, it was good to get that goal so early on. Yeah, I suppose, Tracy, it throws all your game plan out the window. They got in at half-time, Villa won all. This is what we're going to do, and straight away they concede. Must have been you know, a real blow to them and a great gust of wind for us to push us through the rest of the second half. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, you know, when you when you go in and you've you've managed to get a goal back, you go in 1-1 as, as the away team, you're thinking, OK, what we need to do when we go out there, we know they're going to come hard at us. We just need to really defend well. Um, and you know, it was a really great move by us. Um, and I think, yeah, once once that goal had gone in, I think we we definitely sort of clinched better control of the game. Um, and uh, we just looked really threatening then going forward, yeah. And we did see that, didn't we? Don't we see uh, Sam Kerr's header and the replay of it? And as they were showing the replay, Sam Kerr scored the third goal. Um, so I won't ask you about that, I'll ask Jane about that, Jane. The third goal. What happened? Because all we see was the ball going wide. I'm trying to think if I actually saw it. I That's feel like I don't it. remember. She almost fell over as she kicks it in. She was almost sliding was... forward as she kicked it. did show the replay. Yeah. They did, they did rip, so they, they did eventually show the replay, but it just yeah. summed up the FA players' whole <laughs> camera angles and commentary. You know, the, the commentator was, was, was answering his own questions and, you know, got it completely wrong with saying it was Lauren James's first goal for Chelsea. She scored at Leicester last season. So, yeah, it, but they did show it. You know, it was a defensive, you know, mistake, wasn't it? And Lauren capitalised on it. And a beautiful oh crossover to... Answering my own questions. Yeah, you're very good at it, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, Lauren, you know, with a, with a lovely assist and it was a, a brilliant finish by by Sam. But, yeah, you're right. We, we Obviously, watching from home, we were still getting over her, 
you know, a great attempt at a header, but yeah, they were fluffing around with it at the back, weren't they? And they passed it, and it was good, uh, good, good vision uh, by by Lauren to intercept it. Yeah, these are these. I think these are Emma's favourite type of goals, Tracy, because they're the forwards putting pressure on defenders, making them make mistakes, and then capitalising. I'm sure she would have enjoyed that. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, she was definitely celebrating next to next to where I was sat, so she actually was hands were in the air. She was up for it. Emma was. Um, no, I mean, it is exactly what we should be doing. We have a team of, you know, really good forwards who are going to be good to pressurise any defence. So, um, you know, I love seeing I love seeing us when we're our best. I love seeing a team that, you know, closes down a ball really quickly. And actually, there's the benefit of when you do that because you, you force someone into a mistake and you get a goal from it. Um, you know, and I everyone looks at goals, but not everyone looks at assists. And they're just as important. I mean, Guru's assists lately are off the chart, to be fair. Um, you know, it isn't just about our forwards, it's what our, our the rest of the team can also do. Um, and we've, we've had a couple of really good quality games from the whole team. Yeah, I think there's only two outfield like, open play goals that Guru's not assisted for. So that shows how important she's been. Uh, and, and Jane, the third goal killed off the game, didn't it? And that was it. And everyone could sort of celebrate the occasion and celebrate Emma being there as well. Yeah, I think that third, after that third goal went in, that was sort of game over, weird one. And it was nice to sort of get the win with Emma there to sort of show that we miss her, but like we're doing fine without her at the same time. But I've, I wouldn't have liked to be her sitting in the stands watching the game, though. Was she on the phone? She had an earpiece in. She sat looking at the bench with an earpiece in, tucked in the corner by the wall, chatting to the other side. There is no sense at all that she isn't running the team. She's just not stood on the sideline. That's the only difference. I mean, so we obviously, you know, it isn't just Emma Hayes. We have a phenomenal team that surround Emma Hayes. We have a fantastic build-up team you know, of, of, tra- of training staff and coaches. And we are one big, amazing club and everyone has their roles. But Emma's not going to sit quietly in the back. But maybe for the first week, um, <laughs> she did. But uh, she would have been itching at the bit. I, don't, I really just don't see her sat on the sofa with a cup of tea going, oh, yeah, I'm sure they're all just doing fine without me. Nah, don't see that happening. That's not Emma. Not Emma's style. Um what I was going to ask you about, Dane, was the substitutions, because obviously in today's game, you can have five subs, you can change 50% of your outfield 11, or outfield 10, rather, if you're good at maths. Um, do you think it disrupts the rhythm of the team when you can make this many changes? And that's what helps kill out the game much more easier, that you're keeping players on and off and stopping the game? Sometimes, you know, you're stuck in between someone who, who's really trying to impress if they're not getting much of a look in. I suppose Fleming can can uh, automatically come in and, and, and find some rhythm because she's, she's playing a lot more at the moment than, than, than the others. I suppose it's Beth England, you know, it must be quite hard for her because straight away she wants to impress, she wants to score a goal. Being a striker, uh, she needs that confidence because she's not getting much of a look in. It will be you know, a half an hour left or 20 minutes left or 50 minutes left based on, on, on the result, whether we're, we're comfortably winning or, or going after it. Again, you know, and Charlie Carter, you know, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, surprisingly, she signed a new contract when she hadn't seen much football this year. It was nice to see her get 
get a good run out in midweek. But you know, she she hit she hit high heights herself last season, and she must be quite upset about how it's gone so far this season. Uh, okay, Ridden Canard as well. She's new, so she's trying to make an impression. And so is Neve Charles as well. She's she, you know. And be much longer till she's thinking, well, where am I going in my career? You know, am I happy to be a, a successful club, which you should be? But, you know, you're going to want to get in that first 11. You're going to want to cement a place and your position. Are you happy being like, a, you know, squad rotational, position rotational? Uh, you know, some people are, you know, amount of times we, we, we question, you know, Beth, uh, thinking Beth would go and, 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 and sign for someone else. And, and she hasn't. So she's clearly happy and still determined to, to eventually get back get that number nine nine shirt for herself and, and, and good luck to her because, and again, very lucky to have such a talented forward who's, again, he's not getting much of a look in, but sometimes, sometimes it can work for our benefit because it also mucks up the opposing team who are, you know, who are keeping, uh, trying to keep on top of all the substitutions, you know, and you've always been given a player to mark and, and areas to mark and, 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 and game plans and all that. So also benefit you in that way. I'm pretty sure Villa only had five subs like on the bench anyway. Um, Did they use them all? Well, I don't think they changed the goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about Villa goalkeepers. That is a controversial topic right now in women's football. Um, as usual, we held our player of the match vote. The options were Lauren James, uh, LJ, Reese James's sister, or the WSL's best youngster. Uh, unsurprisingly, Lauren James was the winner, although I haven't got the results uh, for some reason. Uh, Tracy, agree with that result? Lauren James, the best of those options? I mean, yeah, she was she was great. So, yeah, I mean, it works. Um, you know, I mean, there was a lot of choice there. Um, no, I mean, she she had a great game. Um, more to come from her. I mean, I've got a feeling she's going to be winning plenty of players of the game um, throughout this season um, if she keeps doing what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, I asked our Discord server who the four choices should be, and they said, don't bother, just do Lauren James. Um, so there we go. Um, results elsewhere Sunday uh, Brighton lost 8-0 to Tottenham Hotspur uh, which forced Hope Powell to quit uh, which was shocking and not surprising both at the same time uh, Chelsea beat Aston Villa 3-1 as we've just talked about for almost an hour uh, Everton lost 3-0 to Man United Man City beat Liverpool 2-1 Reading beat Leicester City 2-1 Arsenal won 3-1 against West Ham uh, the table looks like this. Man United at the top on 15 points. Arsenal second, Chelsea third. Uh, they are both on 15 points. Then you've got uh, Man City in fourth, Spurs in fifth, and Everton in sixth. West Ham on, in seventh, all on nine points. Uh, then you've got Villa in eighth on six points. Then you've got Reading in ninth, Liverpool in tenth, Brighton in eleventh, all on three points. And Leicester, uh, bottom of the table without a point after they played six. As of West Ham, Everton and Chelsea, everyone else has played five. Uh, so still some games in hand to work out as well. Um, and I want to talk about some of the things off the pitch, uh, away from the game. Uh, Jane, starting with the attendance, uh, over 4,373, 4, I think it was, um, which is great to see on a Sunday afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, it was really good to see sort of so many people there. And I saw on Twitter it was the fourth most attendance, or it was in the top five attendances at Kings Meadow for Chelsea. Uh, which I was shocked at. And in the top five, not a single game was against Arsenal, which surprised me more. I can't remember who put it on Twitter, but it was just nice to sort of see so many people at the game on a Sunday. And it was, I didn't sort of expect as many people to be there. 
and the E stand is getting fuller and fuller every week. Yeah, I mean, Tracy, there was the regulars in the West Stand with the season tickets, but I think there is, you're seeing more new faces every week. And do you think this is riding that Euros wave? Oh, God, yeah. I think absolutely. I think you're seeing that actually, because I think, you know, it's not just teams in the WSL. I think you're actually seeing more crowds, bigger crowds in, in the women's championship as well. Uh, more people are actually turning up to watch the game. And as, as England land up playing, you know, big opponents at Wembley and stuff, and the FA start ripping people off with prices because they're also bouncing off the success of the women's game. I'm just going to drop that in. Um, at the end of the day, it is a drive from the Euros. Um, but you know what? That's the benefit of, of, of our women's team doing so well, you know, of, of the Lionesses doing well. But we, we, we don't want to see that drop back to, to, you know, low levels. And, you know, the winter months are coming. It's not so nice to be stood um, in rain and sleet and everything. So hopefully, you know, people will still come out on, on an evening and, and stuff. And even when the games are on TV. So we just got to... The, you know, we we as regular goers have got to, you know, make keep making sure online that, you know, we get an advertise for people to come down and support the teams. Yeah, I mean, the other day, Dane, the club showed one of Magda's goals against Liverpool, an overhead kick from a few years ago, in the South Stand was basically empty. I mean, you don't see that these days, and it sort of highlights the growth of the game, and obviously it helps Chelsea very good, but it's, it's great for the women's game that Stadiums like Kings Meadow are being full, and we can start looking for what's the next step. Yeah, great for us. You know, what's the next step? I think there's lots. You know, we, we talked earlier. You know, you almost started the show with, with with the talk of the away support from the Champions League compared to Villas on 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 Sundays, and that is not a nasty, snidey comment to Villa. It's a it's a comment to the clubs and how much they can do and. You know, with clubs making so much money, you know, how much can they help to try and promote the game? If it's free coaches to start off with to get people used to going to away games, if it's the that home club making a nice little away section and making it, you know, opening the door to allow away supporters into the ground and, and just a little bit like that, then, then you go to, to the officiating side and, you know, referees need to be, I think, they are professional. Are they professional? Are they is that their full-time job or is it not knowing the game? So that again, things like that. I mean, I know Emma's mentioned that quite a few times, you know, the standard needs to be better because if the game's growing, you need to grow with it around it. So yeah, there is definitely steps, but yeah, yeah, obviously it, whether it's off the back of the Lionesses or the back of Chelsea's success, you know, who cares, you know, get bums on seats, get young supporters in, families, you know, because then they can stay in it, they will grow uh any ages though it, it, it's, it's great to see and, and, and you're right you know there wasn't hardly any seats empty and when it says four thousand it's only good you know if it keeps going like that and rises and chelsea might have to think about buying another ground uh, a little bit bigger and uh uh and, and and to accommodate the the support because you know like lauren james i was saying early you know earlier but the level was potentially a high you know it's a great standard of football i know you know, we've well, maybe me and you have been involved in some sort of spats on 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 Twitter with people like questioning standards of the game. But were you comparing it to you? You know, is it is it, it's football? It's it's women's football. You, if you compare it to something else, then you know you're an idiot. Uh, 
but it, yeah, it's it's it, it's again, it's there's so many levels it can go to, and 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 you can support it, and you you want to be able to come and and be comfortable watching it, and 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 be, and 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 have the whole experience. But it needs to be open. The doors need to be open more and 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 welcome. Then it's a surprise actually because the club has been quite good under the new. Uh, you know, under the via Todd Bowley, correct? But they haven't put. You say there's no coaches going on to Manchester. They haven't even tried to. No, there's the, because the men are playing at home on Sunday morning. All the staff will be busy because it's a derby game against Arsenal. So we'll employ some more then. <laughs> some temporary ones, you know. This is ongoing conversations with the club um, consistently when it comes to coaches. And actually, me and, and Kerry Evans, obviously, who you have on here quite a lot, we're part of the women's network by the FSA. So actually, we're always having consistent conversations with everyone around the women's game. Um, and that can be taken to the FA because we obviously all want to see the women's game grow in the best way possible. Um, and just like our Premier League, you want people around the world who love women's football to look at the WSL and go, that's the best league in the world. That's where I want to be playing. Um, to do that, we need to start obviously making sure that our game builds in the right way. But at the same time, you don't land at one in comparisons to the men's game because it's a completely different thing. You don't want those same things sort of crisscrossing where you're bringing, you know, issues that we have from the men's game into the women's game. So, you know, we just got to keep it going and, and keep focusing on, on growing the game in the best way possible. It does help as Chelsea fans that we have by far one of the, if the best team um, going. So, um, you know, we are always going to be one of those people who can be lucky enough to pull a crowd in. Um, but I mean, I'd love to see the crowds build all around the WSL. Yeah, I think we are seeing that though, this season at least. Um, lots of teams have broke their records, um, although some are still struggling, but I think they always will. Um, now, Tracy, this game was the Rainbow Laces weekend game. Um, perhaps for some people that might not know what Rainbow Laces is, could you give maybe sort of a brief history lesson on, on where the game this weekend come from? Okay, so Stonewall are an advocate um, group, really. That's how they first started, obviously. If anyone knows anything about LGBTQ plus history or not, Stonewall have been going for a very long time as an organisation, but for the last nine years have been campaigning with a Rainbow Laces campaign. So basically it's making sure that sport, not just football, but sport in a whole, uh, is more inclusive. Um, it started with Rainbow Laces, uh, but not a lot of players wear them now because they're all superstitious about changing their laces um but basically the whole point is to make to really sort of push the message across that we need to leave discrimination out of the game and we need to celebrate inclusivity um so obviously every year we work directly with the club we have done for the last six years um in creating you know an environment where we say no to homophobia biphobia and transphobia and we just you know we celebrate you know what definitely with the women's game what makes us you know a more inclusive environment. Obviously much easier to do that at the women's games than it is the men's. However, we did not hold back at the men's game either. Um, Stanford Bridge literally is one big rainbow and I'm sure that's probably ticked off a lot of fans, um, but those rainbows will be staying up. The same as the Kings Meadow sign, which uh, we had to get planning permission for just to change its color, which to me sounds slightly ridiculous, but it also will be staying because I'm not gay just for two weeks of the year doesn't work that way uh, I don't just clock out at the end of the Rainbow Laces campaign um, so we need to be celebrating these things throughout the year so yes these campaigns are great we have LGBTQ history month I can't even get the letters right sometimes um, 
and that covers the whole of February and we don't really have football be homophobia through that time but uh Chelsea pride in itself and everything I do is just to make sure that football connected to our club is just inclusive for everybody it's funny I uh, Tracy mentioned in Stonewall I remember years ago when they uh Foundations put a football team into the, the league I was playing in probably uh, early 90s. And you can imagine, obviously, yeah, whether, whether, whether I was a little bit young, naive or not, or I'm not making excuses for anyone or any of the teammates. But when you found out there was an openly gay team coming into a, sorry, a, a, a men's uh, league, it was quite, well, OK, well, fine, fine, fine. You know, what 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 we what we're going to expect, you know, but... You know, straight away, you know, we played against them. They were tough. They were great footballers. So a lot of a lot of the ignorant players within our team were, were I don't know what they were expecting. Maybe they were a gay, so they couldn't play football or they, they couldn't trap a ball. They couldn't pass a ball. And it was just it was it was a great experience. And, you know, we, we had a good chat. And this was off like 92, 93. And, you know, they, they a lot of people had rejected it. A lot of people did not like it. They were quite happy of us because we were quite accepting about it. And we had a good chat afterwards at a, at a couple of drinks and. You know, I think some people within our team had to realise that they were actually human and they were bloody good footballers. But sometimes you, what you don't know, you are ignorant to and, and uneducated to. And, you know, I remember I was a striker in those days, quite a fast striker. I mean, within the first five minutes, I went in, into a 50-50 with the goalie and uh, I, oh, ref. I was like, complaining to the ref and, and the goalie looked at me and said, I'm supposed to be the top. Uh, which, I, which I thought was was a good icebreaker. Although I was I was more 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 of the better better players who 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 was uh, better with the ways of the world. But you know the, the icebreaker was great and 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 it helped I think with other players. But sorry, I, I've sort of gone off boil a bit. But it just and someone I've seen with decent team and actually a good chunk of their players are actually allies. Yeah. So actually, again, just because it's an openly diverse team, um, it's, it's full of actually very good quality. Very good, very, very, very good quality. Who, who will beat anyone? And yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously I was on a panel with Chelsea um, on Friday, um, just gone, and we, it was obviously a Rainbow Laces panel. We did this at Stamford Bridge. We had the the head of um, Stonewall's sporting division on the panel, and obviously we were talking about football teams that are out there that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. What some that are serious, some that you know do it more for a sort of a kick around on a weekend. And it's come a long way, but they do still face prejudice. You still do get teams when they find out they're playing a gay team will go in with the little nudge and maybe the little word in someone's ear. At the end of the day, it does come down to education. Um, football v homophobia on the back of Rainbow Laces are actually working on, on youth training with our club. So our women, our young girls, um, our youth team, our development team are all having training with football v homophobia on discrimination within the game to actually make themselves feel more educated, make themselves feel more comfortable. So in the end, all of this work's needed to actually have that thing that everyone talks about, which is a, a gay top class player coming out, uh, which is the thing that everyone seems to really, really want. If it happens, it will happen. You can't force someone out of the closet. Although Gary Lineker, I think is trying. Um, <laughs> You know, it will happen. I mean, the guys consistently on the front of the paper going, I know two people who are going to come out at the World Cup. Shut up, you idiot. Um, do you think, Tracy, do you think generations have to go first before players will, especially in the men's, us obviously we're clearly talking about the men's game, who will clearly come out and be comfortable to say a top player in the Premier League, a top club, 
will will be comfortable coming out and 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 coming out the closet and saying yeah i'm gay and i'm proud and i want people to whoever is if you if you if you want to come out come out with me or whatever do you think generations will have to go first because I think if I was if I was a top world-class player within, say, the Premier League, because we obviously do have out players further down mm. the pyramid, but if I was in the Premier League, would I come out now? No. Mm. In all honesty, I wouldn't, because I hear that rhetoric. At, definitely at the men's games, you hear that rhetoric all the time of, you know, the little digs, the, the, the Chelsea Red Boy chant, which obviously we've protested on loads and done loads of work around. You still get that. So, and you know, you'll get guys go, oh, I'm only saying it as banter, but if you're a gay person on the pitch, and I'm sure we do have plenty of men who play in the Premier League, the teammates will know, the managers will know, the coaches will know, their families will know, their friends will know, but we, the general public, do not know. And they may come out like most of them do at the end of their football career. But yes, I think there's an educational thing that needs to happen within football that seems to have worked very well in a lot of other sports. And it's funny because we all talk about how masculine football is. Rugby's more masculine. There's plenty of gay people out in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes down to mindset within the crowd. And that just comes down to education. You can't educate everybody. Some people will not be educated and they will not have their mind changed. What we don't want to see, and this is the risk as the women's game gets bigger, that those habits that we have in the men's game do not creep into the women's game. You get you you get the a lot of people really heavily booing every single decision. And yes, we have got to be careful. We don't turn it into the sort of things you do get at the men's game. Um, obviously, refs at times do definitely need to be booed. And obviously, <laughs> it would help if the standard refs went up in the league. But there is issues where we just don't want to see a crossover. At the moment, we have the men's game should be learning from the women's game and not the other way around. Yeah. Dan, I just want to touch on your idea there. Was that sort of a, to get rid of the old generation, sort of a purge event or just natural? <laughs> it might be two generations, but yeah, the purge, yeah. The football style, football factory style, that would be, that would be quite funny. But I think, I think uh, you're right. I think it would take some people which can't be educated and, there is a, a very retro feel to 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 watching men's football. Uh, There's still people who go to Stamford Bridge who don't like me because I'm pushing for a game that's more diverse. I still get under people's skin, which is almost ridiculous. Little on me gets under people's skin. I will say this, though, to any of those, if they happen to be listening, the more I get under your skin, the more I'm going to do this. <laughs> so, best decision. Yeah, and talking of education, Tracy, the message this year, lace up and keep it up, was it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, it doesn't really matter what the message is. It's the whole the whole reason behind it. As I say, you know, anyone within the community or our allies who are massively important um, need to basically get behind anything that happens online. So, yes, when we have the Rainbow Laces campaign, we do have the issue of as soon as the club changed their icons to rainbow, or the nut has come out because apparently a rainbow is very offensive. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It, it's shocking. And we do see, not as much obviously, but we do still see homophobia on the women's side when it comes to the rainbow being changed. At that point, you know nothing about us as a club because a very large chunk of our women's team are part of the LGBTQ plus community and are very openly so, including our captain, um, who has been very vocal about uh, our community so again education online but we all need to stick together because as much as 
you know, what I do with Chelsea Pride and the work I do with the club, it isn't just about hate around the LGBTQ plus community. I was at the, um, the Black History Month event for, for King Canners, as we put him, um, last week. Um, and that's all the work around racism. So for me, we're not just one part and we forget about the rest. Discrimination as a whole needs to leave our game. And we just, as, as allies, um, we need to all be doing our part. And if we see stuff online, we all need to be sort of pointing that out together because there's a power in numbers and that's how we create change. And if people are being homophobic and there's no point in arguing with people, they're normally trolls, they've got nothing better to do. They're sitting behind a keyboard. They'd never say it to your face. Um, you know, the best thing to do is just hit that report button. Yeah, Twitter may not do anything, but just keep reporting them because at the end of the day, some people just can't be educated. Yeah, hopefully Elon Musk starts to do something about it. <laughs> you mean the man who's going to now charge, what was it, six, seven pounds to have a tick every month by your name? Yeah, that, that person, okay. <laughs> money bags himself. All right, yeah, he cares. Yeah, if you want to show your support for the Rainbow Laces campaign, you can buy some Rainbow Laces from stonewalluk.myshopify.com. Uh, they cost £3.25, I'm looking at now, um, probably plus postage. Um, and the club also done a range as well, Tracy. Is that going towards some sort of... The, the club have or? done a range. Um, we'll be looking at doing competitions as well with stuff going forward in the future as well. I do have a bag full of um, rainbow laces so we'll start sort of doing little competitions where people can win them. We'll do them with when Kings Meadow. We'll do them with the Chelsea Women Supporters Group. You know, I, I have... It seems to be everywhere I look around my place, I have rainbow laces staring at me. Um, they do need to start going to homes. <laughs> There's only so many things I can do with them. To be fair. Um, so, you know, but yes, the club are doing a bigger range and they're going to adapt and do more. Um, and it isn't just for obviously the LGBTQ plus community. There's plenty of people who can wear something with a rainbow on it. It's not offensive it's to some, but it really isn't. Um, so, yeah, if you can buy the T-shirts, get involved um, and keep working with our club, who obviously have been working tirelessly, tirelessly with us for the last six years. And obviously with the risk, there was always a risk when the new owners come in that they wasn't going to adapt to what we had already done. And actually in the last six months, they have worked tirelessly with us um, and with me. And I'm very lucky that, you know, they've got an EDI manager now permanently at the club um, who is doing fantastic work with us. Um, and we had uh, Chris Gibbons before that, who set up Chelsea Pride with us, who, sort of was employed by the club to do training with everyone and stewards and stuff. So there's always been a really good support team behind everything we do. We've just got to hope that continues. And I know there is a formidable team that want to see Chelsea go from strength to strength when it comes to kicking discrimination out of the game. And that no to hate campaign that Chelsea run is really, really, really important. It starts with our foundation and all the fantastic work they do. So, you know, as fans, we're lucky to have a club that really wants to you know, be diverse and really wants to be working with our communities. So um, we just need to keep that work going forward. Absolutely. So if you want to get involved, um, just reach out to Tracy or reach out to us. We'll put you in contact with the right people to help you sort of get your support in for everything, as Tracy's just said so eloquently there. Um, right, we're going to take another ad break now before we get into that Man United preview. Uh, before we do that, just want to let you know again that issue one of King's Meadow Chronicle, the brand new Chelsea FC Wins fan scene, is on sale now. Uh, thanks to those who bought another copy on Sunday. Uh, the remaining copies of issue one will be available online 
um, as issue two will be available for the next home game. Uh, so if you head to kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com, I think, um, so I haven't written it down. Uh, I'll put the link in the description. Uh, you can order a copy. Uh, it's £1 for a PDF or £2 for a physical copy, plus postage, depending on where you live uh, in the world. Um, if you live next door to me, I'll post it for free. Uh, just <laughs> um, and we'll be right back after this break. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the final part of Wentworth Kings Meadow. Time now for a quick look ahead to next Sunday's clash away to Manchester United. Um, Tracy, we touched on this already, but kickoff moved to this one to 6.45, stopping fans from going. Um, obviously, Chelsea are playing on the same day as well, so that's not helped the situation, but such a huge game and we're not going to have the full backing of the Chelsea faithful there. Yeah, I mean, this is where, this is that double-edged sword of having, we want you know, to see more games on television. We want TV rights because that obviously puts money into the women's game. But at the same time, we're getting stupid kickoff times. Um, you know, if it, a game's midday, it's at two o'clock, you know, you're, it's easier to travel there and back, definitely when you've got a longer distance. But when you're moving games to a quarter to seven on the Sunday evening on the back of, you know, the fact that, you know, railway staff selfish and keep doing strikes and which is affecting everybody and definitely including football fans um it's it's not easy and then when you've got a club who could really be doing and hopefully will do more when it comes to uh to coaches and that's conversations i will consistently keep having with the club Um, we want to see the women's game treated just the same by our club as the men's team game is um definitely when it comes to travel um, it's not good um, and obviously yes we won't take so many away but I know the people who are going can make enough noise for about 200 people so I'm sure we'll be fine yeah we're in good hands with those travelling up oh. the Lee Sports Village um, Dane is so early on in the season but would you say this is must win Emerson famously, didn't she, last the beginning of last season when we lost to Arsenal, that the uh, league has not won or lost on the first game of the season. Uh, history almost repeated itself on the way fixture. Uh, first game of the season, we lost. So then it always felt like we was playing catch-up, especially with Arsenal, which we obviously we over, overtook and, 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 and left them behind and won the league. Uh, Manchester United do look strong this season. Uh, Man City looking a little bit of a... Of, of, of a new era. Uh, I, I think we are going to win. I wouldn't say it's so much a must win because teams have still got to go to Manchester. Just hope Manchester United, just hopefully we'll do better than, than they do when they go there. Yeah, and of Man United as well, of course, looking in the race at the minute. Um, Jane, a question I probably wouldn't have thought I'd be asking on a Chelsea podcast, but are we the underdogs going to this game given United's form at the start of the season? They've Played five, one five. They scored fourteen. They've conceded no goals. Are they in the informal team in the WSL right now? And are we the underdogs going up there? 
choice? That is such a hard question. Yeah. Um, I don't think the game's going to be as easy as when we played them away last season. It's not going to be a 6-1. I don't know how we ever came away with a 6-1 that game. <laughs> um, but are they sort of the best team at the minute? Maybe. I'm not going to say a certain answer. But <laughs> I feel like it's going to be tough. But I feel like we'll be fine. Um, I feel like we've not really got anything to worry about. I'm sure Maria and Hannah can pull something out of the bag to help us out in some way. Um, All over, faith. slide over, get an injury, any of those. Um, <laughs> not faith in take them. them down to a player. Yeah, any of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't think we've got anything to worry about. And talking about the 6.45 kickoff, that we will have, we've had four of them in the season so far. I don't know who picks the kickoff times. It was obviously meant to have it at Liverpool away, but because when the Queen died, it got changed. Then we had Brighton away, we've got Reading away, and we've obviously got United, or Reading's at home. We've got United. They're all 6.45 kickoffs. I don't know any I other think it comes down had... to being. I think it comes down to Sky want to show the best team. And unfortunately, that, that is a, that's that us. is a nice thing. But... It's a nice thing, but at the same time, it isn't nice to travel in a way. Oh, and I'm that works both ways, actually, because it stops away fans coming to us when they, when it's a late kickoff at us. So actually, it has a knock-on effect both ways, but uh, it's not going to be... I'm not looking forward to getting home at like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm with you all in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with a full night's sleep, so getting in that early then trying to go to work the next day is definitely a no um, now, Tracy, I will wash my mouth out after answering that question, but do you see where I'm coming from? United do look good this season. No, they do. They do. Um, you know, we're going to have to be on. We're going to have to be on it. Literally, we can't afford any mistakes. It's going to be a game where if you make a mistake, unlike when you play other teams within the league, and this isn't being honourable to the teams that are at the bottom of the league, if you make those same mistakes, say, against Leicester, you may not be punished. You cannot afford to make mistakes at the back against Man United, who will pounce on you. It's not going to be easy. I do think we will still win it. Um, what I'd love to see, in all honesty, is Lauren James smashing one in against Manchester United at Man in Manchester. That would be that would be very nice. Um, but um, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 3-1. I said that at the beginning of the, um, of the Aston Villa game on the pitch, and then I had people messaging me going, can you sort of pick every game what the score is going to be? It was an absolute fluke. But um, I'm going to go 3-1 again to us, um, just because I think if our forwards do as well as they can, um, you know, and they're on it that day, um, it definitely if you're going to play um, Sam, Peniel, Lauren, you're going to just, they're all on it. And I think actually we, we could do really well. But uh, it's how the back works and God knows how that we're actually going to line up. So um, um, I can see... I mean, I think it's the sort of game where you maybe need an errand in midfield, um, in, in all honesty, because uh, actually, again, Philip, um, Aaron and um, Sophie did really well. Um, so actually, it'd be interesting to see how we line up. Yeah, I will say Dane's not happy with the new tactic of getting the prediction out before we get to the predictions. Although it is one I might start using just at the start, just how I'm going to predict this and then carry on. Um, <laughs> Talking of the midfield, Jane, would you stick with what we see on Sunday, the 4 2 3 1 with Sophie and Erin together, or switch to a 3 4 3? So it's a bit more defensive minded where you can have five at the back. Um, I think I'd stick the same formation and the same lineup as that we had on Sunday. I feel like it worked 
we've not really got to rest as many players because obviously after this game we're going into an international break so we've not really got a we've got a couple of weeks and we've got to be back and sort of on form so I feel like we can sort of play the same team again with no worry sort of stick to the same sort of formation as well I think it's also been good we haven't had any games this week we've got the whole week um in the build-up game yeah for recovery and really working so I think that maybe really helps as well that we don't have a Champions League game this week before playing United. Yeah, but of course they don't have to play Durham. Um, so they're looking good as well. Um, <laughs> Dane, talking of United, Leah Galton on the left wing, she scored in the last game for them. She's been in good form this season. Do you think that is sort of, maybe we're going to look at bringing someone like Jess into this team to deal with that threat? See, uh, you know, it was interesting you said, are, are, are we the underdog? And I'm looking at their fixtures and who they beat this season. And, I, and, I'm, and I, I'll hold you to that because I don't know where you've got that from that will be the underdog based on who they've beaten. Uh, I, I've i also forgot they signed Nikita Paris, which one of those players who always irritates me when she plays against Chelsea. Uh, she doesn't have to do a lot and she freaking irritates the life out of me. And I know she's been... She's been amongst the goals, you know, the few goals. I know she struggled at, at Arsenal. I don't know if it was under the leadership of, of their uh, very talented manager who didn't win anything last season. Or if she just struggled in, in London, but she, she's back among the goals. And we obviously all know, we've obviously Ella Toon as well. And I don't know if Russo's fit uh, or, or not. You know, we've spoken about Skinner before and, and his abilities as a manager in his career. And obviously I, I know, know a lot about him. Watched his career quite closely when he was in in, in America with Orlando Pride. So you know, to be fair, they've started well and 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 well done to them. You know, you can only beat the teams that are put out in front of you. And this time, you know, you've, this Sunday you've got the champions put out in front of you. So it's going to be it's going to be a test for them, a test for us to see if they, if they have actually gone up to another level or not. But I am uh, I, I completely agree with, with the prediction that was was said very early. That was what I had in my head straight away. Uh, and I think sometimes instead of worrying about the other team, which you know I suppose you know Emma's such a tactical genius that she, you know obviously she, she's naturally going to be weary and, and 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 get the team up up to speed on who can do this and who can do that. But I you know I'd still like to see us you know, use some of our, some of our weapons and, you know, Perisay, I'd still like to see her play and, 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 and obviously Buchanan and, and as Jane said, you know, we've got an international break coming up. So you go all guns blazing, but I'd stick with a four at the back, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's um, obviously interesting what they're going to do when they go up there. We'll see. Chelsea like to be flexible in their formations and their out approaches to games. Um, so I'm sure we'll get some sort of surprise. Which is why we're not going to predict the starting lineup because it is only Tuesday um, and we don't know any team news at the moment. Um, the last thing I want to touch on, Jane, is Lauren James, as Tracy mentioned, love to see her score a goal. Has she got a point to prove against United? Because they're the ones most vocal about her not playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's definitely got a point to prove against United. I know she's going to score, she's going to prove them all wrong and show them what they are missing without her. Um, but yeah, it would, I feel like it would just shut up the United fans. Just like, that's all they seem to go on about. When she joined Chelsea, oh, they've brought her, she's not playing and all this rubbish. Like, you've got to give players time. You didn't, they don't, they're the ones who didn't look after her. They're the ones who didn't keep her fit. They're yeah. the ones who, you know, didn't do the best for her. 
you know, she's come to us, we've taken our time. Emma will not rush anyone. And Emma has got her into the place now where she is definitely at her best. And now it's time to go up there. And as, as Jane just said, we love to shut bang United fans up. They are the worst. I'm sorry, they really are. A nice hat, a hat trick would be really nice. <laughs> I'll go with that right now. <laughs> yeah, although I wonder what they tweet about all week if she scored. Just, would have nothing else to say, would they? How oh, they lost an like, amazing player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I suppose. Right. Let's do some predictions then. Obviously, Tracy told us before we recorded. Um, 3 1. 3 1. Um, That's my prediction. I didn't hear the other one. You thought I lost connection. <laughs> like the best people on the call are going for the same ones. Yeah, that 3 1. Yeah. Yeah, Jane, I'll come to you first. Um. I'll go 3 0 Lauren Jane's hat trick. Oh, I love that. <laughs> nice. I would love if that happened, to be fair. Then I'm going to enforce the rules and make you pick a different. Because Tracy is our guest. So we'll let her off coming that early. So Tracy said 3 1. Jane said 3 0. Yeah. 4 1 then. 4 1. I'm going to go for a. You repeat. may as well say 6 1. Well, that's what I'm going to say. A repeat 6 1. Lauren James. Well, I don't know. Well, that would be incredible if we can pull that off. But actually, I think as it was mentioned earlier, um, you know, with United, have they really stepped up? The games against us and and then the other team in London that we don't like to talk about. You play big games. That's when you show how good you you really are and how well you have developed. Um, you may be top of the league right now, but have the games you played been high quality games? Um, you'll you'll really show the standard you're at when you play us and that other team. So hopefully we'll sort of knock them down a peg or two. And if Lauren wants to be the person scoring a hat trick doing that, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, and Jane will let us know what their top of the table in October trophy looks like um, <laughs> when she gets back from Manchester this Sunday. Um, Sally, that is all we've got time for this week. Thanks to those who have listened along live in Mixler and posted in the chat page along the way. Uh, remember, you can do the same by downloading the Mixler app and searching for Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, Jane, good to see you again. Safe journey on Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you. It was good seeing you all again. And yeah, hope it should be a nice, smooth run to Manchester. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, Dane, your payment will be coming very soon, uh, but always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully, Jane has a safe trip up. And if I hear about her driving, I think it'll be anything but smooth. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, so it's been it's obviously it's, it's always an enjoyment to talk about a wonderful team and nice to have Tracy on. Hopefully, she's educated. If she can educate one of our listeners, then, then that's brilliant. But tell her, tell us about all the great work she's done. And uh, yeah, it's been a really good show. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, obviously, you've got my DL, so uh, yeah, you, 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 you said educate one of or our one listener, at least one. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking, we're not putting the numbers too high. Um, Tracy, always lovely to have you on the show. Always get so many comments after saying they wish you was on full-time, but I know you're very busy. Uh, but always a pleasure to have you on, especially when we've won. Always a pleasure to be on. Always a pleasure to spend my time with you all. Um, yes, um, it's always great that we can talk about wins, to be honest. Um, but we've got a lot more football to go this season. So, uh uh, let's just keep uh, keep going forward and, and keep winning games and I look forward to being on again very soon
amen to that now if you want to follow us on social media only not in real life you can do that at mokings meadow um jane is at jane chapel x dane's at d wit nine uh tracy is at chelsea girl 78 and you can find me now at cfcw fanzine uh which is my only and mokings meadow my only social media accounts now also on instagram at went to mokings meadow uh, in the meantime, we'll be back next Tuesday to review that United game. Um, so until next time, thanks for listening. And from King's Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.